The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and coming soon, Louisiana. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $10 and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Roster brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game, plus a 100% instant deposit match at ThriveFantasy.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one, M- one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com just to get started today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at BetterFantasy.com SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, February 2nd, currently 12-26 on the East Coast. And joining me to break down the player props for this NBA Wednesday night schedule is my main man, the guy that does it both on and off the court for SGPN, Scott Reichel. Scott, how are you feeling this uh, Wednesday afternoon, buddy? Oh, it feels pretty good. I've uh, been enjoying the NBA season. I mean, I know that yeah. sounds like a classic uh, cop-out answer, but I've have I don't know, a lot of, well, I'd just say futures in the balance that so far have looked pretty good. My main one is Monty Williams to win coach of the year, which I know is now down to around even money. And fingers crossed, because I said if they win 60 four games 65 games whatever he's going to mm-hmm. win the award easily yeah and i think they might have lost like three games ever since <laughs> so yeah. it feels like they never lose so that's definitely a good sign nice win yesterday against the nets mm-hmm. i can't say i was surprised once Aiton and mcgee were ruled active and they were fully healthy yeah. nets put up a good fight though without durant but that Suns team with Booker, who's been a walking 30-point monster for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Paul had seven assists in the first quarter yesterday. Like, he's just walking into double-doubles like it's nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Bridges had 20-plus points. Cam Johnson's very solid from the outside. They're just loaded. Like, I don't really know what else there is to say. This team is just really, really good. And I think that they're the best team in the league right now. So... I don't know if they're going to win the title because of course, playoff basketball is different. And I do question if they have enough, let's just say firepower to compete with a superstar golden state team, or even a Nets team of all the stars align and they actually click together. Mm -hmm. But as of right now, they're dialed in on a level that no other team is dialed in right now. Yeah, hundred percent. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago uh, about the Phoenix suns and, you know, this is the team that can, 
I mean, they look like they're on pace. They're going to win 60 games easily, um, barring health, of course. But yeah, they got back um, DeAndre Ayton last night. Jay Crowder returned. Uh, JaVale McGee returned. And I think we also discussed this. I think it was last week where they, if they think they add another a piece like a Terrence Ross um, or Eric Gordon type of player to that bench, I think that's going to give them that extra firepower they probably need in the uh, playoffs. But this team is playing I mean, as good or even better than they were last uh, from last season. Uh, like you talked about, Devin Booker has been automatic 30 points every single night uh, for the um, Phoenix Suns. I mean, last night, 35 points for the uh, Phoenix Suns. 13 of 23, they, they took care of business against the uh, Brooklyn Nets last night, and they, they're, they're just firing on all cylinders. And right now, at some books, to talk about Monty Williams, he's now the minus favorite to win coach of the year. And I think that you know, J.B. Bickerstaff is going to put up a good fight. So is Billy Donovan. But, I mean, for how great of this team the Phoenix Suns have been led by Monty Williams. And give credit to James Jones, or GM, as well, for putting together this roster. And, and they're just going out and simply just winning games every single night and covering spreads. So, uh, definitely excited to see what this team can do in the uh, playoffs um, this year. They're going to be a tough out for sure. Um, for many teams, um, won't be surprised if they are back right back there in the NBA finals again, this season coming out of that Western conference, but from a team that is, uh, coasting right now and winning games to a team that you want to roast a little bit, that is trending in the wrong direction. Uber, I guess we can say young talent on this team, but just trending in the wrong direction. And that team is Scott. It's gotta be the San Antonio Spurs. (laughs) And some of it you might think is solely because of the game yesterday. Yeah. You're not wrong, but I do think that you have to look at really what the Spurs have done ever since Kwai's left. And I know that Popovich is viewed as being one of the greatest coaches of all time. And I know that he has, of course, a ton of success. They made the playoffs for about two straight decades. I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but what I am saying is that at some point in a Hall of Fame coaching career, people just automatically pencil you in for being unbelievable and being able to raise the ceiling of any team no matter what because you are, I would just say, the significantly better coach in pretty much every matchup you're going to be in yeah. for the course of a season. Since Kwai's left, I know the roster is not very good. Mm-hmm. DeRozan's been having a hell of a year for Chicago. And he had a couple of years there in San Antonio. They've been awful for like, what, three, four years, five yeah. years? At this Pretty point? much post after uh, Kawhi left. I'm saying post Kawhi, but I'm yeah. trying to remember the exact year Kawhi left. Toronto won what, like four years ago? Uh, let me see when they, he, they, they traded Kawhi Leonard traded. But while you search up, yeah. while you search that up, the point is the Spurs, I'll get into the actual specifics for yesterday's game in a second. Mm-hmm. But are we sure Popovich is this unbelievable God-tier coach, or do they just have one of the best front offices of all time that managed to find Robinson when he showed up, then Duncan a couple of years later, then you end up pivoting to Tony Parker and Ginobili, who are both going to be Hall of Famers, and yep. then you ended up with Kawhi Leonard. Because, I've, of course, talent matters, and you can be a great coach, and not win much if you don't have much talent on the roster. Mm -hmm. But those are five Hall of Fame players. And I feel like when you have that much overlap, especially with Robinson and Duncan, which is absurd how they overlapped for a couple of years there, I do wonder if 
Popovich was actually as amazing as people think, or if he just walked into two top 20 players of all time mixed with a couple of top 50, top 60 players of all time. And that was the main catalyst for the great title runs that they've had. What do you think? Yeah, I think that we were having this conversation offline and kind of going back to the Kawhi thing. So they traded him. The official trade was on July 18th, 2018 with, you know, Danny Green okay. and DeMar DeRozan and Jacob Berto coming over. So about three um, and a half years ago. Yeah. So let's take it from the 2019-2020 season. Um, they So no, we can just take it from 18 and 19 because they traded him that summer. Uh, 48 and 34. And then since then, since 2019, that 2020 season, they haven't had a winning season they finished 11th in the western conference 10th and currently sitting at number 12 so um i I think scott that you know kind of playing devil's advocate that they kind of knew that they were going to go through this rebuild phase post you know duncan ginobili and parker even when they traded Kawhi leonard and how that exit happened and you know they tried to build something with demar derozan and lamarcus aldridge it just didn't work out for them but i (sighs) we're having this conversation offline and we said that is it really pop or is it the front office that put together that roster for the uh, San Antonio Spurs? And I think we both agree that it was more the front office that acquired and drafted Tim Duncan and, and Tony Parker and, and uh, Manu Ginobili. And, you know, it was really RC Buford and Sam Presti that put together this roster that got them their what five, five championships within that tenure uh, between RC Buford and Presti. So I think now the maybe the legacy of pop is maybe being a tarnished a little bit just because of what the Spurs have done over the last three years where they haven't had a winning season. Um, but again, this team isn't a rebuild, but I think that I think we had talked about earlier in the season that or even when we were doing the previews uh, for this season that it may be time to move on from pop and let pop either retire or give him a front office role or just set into the uh, set into the sunset. I don't know. Well, I remember when the nets uh, were considering signing Steve Nash to mm-hmm. be the new head coach, there were some rumblings yeah. in betting markets, et cetera, that Popovich might jump ship and go to the nets. And of course that did not happen. He stayed in San Antonio just to reiterate, I'm not saying that Popovich is a bad basketball coach. He's no. clearly a Hall of Famer, yeah. and he's clearly one of the best basketball coaches of all time. Mm-hmm. But people put him on this Mount Rushmore, the guy can win with anybody type of, I'd say, vibe or reputation. Mm-hmm. And that's clearly not the case because you can look at some of the coaches around the league. And Spolstra, for example, with Miami. They have talent on the roster. Mm -hmm. They've had guys miss a bunch of games, a ton of games. Yeah. And Miami's still the one seed because he's just been able to really curtail a system that just showcases how good of a coach Spolster actually is, just for example. And the Spurs are young. Yeah. They have some talent on the roster. I think DeJounte Murray is, what, a top 20 player in the league? He's trend, yeah. I think this season he is. He's trending in that direction as well. So, um, yeah, I agree with that. So I'm just saying, it's not like they're totally lost because you mentioned they were trying to build something with DeRozan and Aldridge, and that didn't mm-hmm. work out. Yeah, Dejounte was still there too. So they had three good pieces, mm-hmm. and they couldn't do anything. Yeah, with those three. But that's going to segue the main reason why I'm going on this Popovich rant, which was yesterday's performance against <laughs> Golden State, because. Yeah. 
they were up 16 points with about nine and a half to go Mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter at Mm -hmm. home against the Golden State team that had no Curry, no uh, all-star starter Wiggins. Yep. No No Iguodala. Mm -hmm. No Clay Thompson. Yep. And I'm trying to remember if I'm drawing a blank on anybody else. Uh, Otto Porter, I don't know if you want to throw him in there. Okay, Otto Porter, but yeah, Draymond was also injured. The point is they were using nobody. Yeah. It was a G League squad with Jordan Poole. So that was pretty much how that went. And yet you're watching the Spurs and they're coasting. As I said before, they're up 16 points. They're against a G League squad. And you got Popovich at home. And you assume, all right, game's in the bag. Popovich is just going to, you know, use timeouts. If Golden State goes on some kind of run, they'll stop the bleeding. They'll figure something out. They got smacked in the fourth quarter. Yes. And they blew the entire game. And I know that it's the NBA. They're still professionals. They still try. We saw that with Golden State losing to Indiana a couple of weeks ago. And Indiana was missing four starters. And Golden State lost that game. But a coach like Popovich, you got to do better than that in the fourth quarter. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. You could be Phil Jackson. If you blow a 16-point lead to a G League squad in the fourth quarter of a home game, I'm going to roast you. Yeah. And that's just how it's going to be. So that's kind of what made me realize or at least bring up the Popovich discussion Mm -hmm. because I know it's a one-game sample size and anything could happen in one game, and I'm not saying Steve Kerr's a bad coach because the Warriors lost to Indiana a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But it did make me start to think how I was automatically assuming the Spurs would not blow the game because Popovich is their head coach. And I'm not sure if he deserves that type of automatic respect just because of the fact that he had a great, talented roster for about 20 years. Yeah, this game was tough to watch. I mean, through the first three quarters, it was was good to watch because I had the Spurs as my dog on the uh, NBA Gambling Podcast before the news of Seth Curry came out of him being out. But... Like you mentioned, going into that fourth quarter, they had, what, a 15, 16-point lead uh, going into it. They got outscored in the final eight minutes. Um, Let's see here, 25 to 11. And, I mean, we can talk about the missed uh, travel call with Jordan Poole down the stretch that led it to a basket and, and, you know, the scramble where they were trying to get the rebound and ended up in Mm -hmm. Jordan Poole's hands in the corner for a three. But... You know, I mentioned this to you last night that the Spurs had scored at least 33 points through the first three quarters and just absolutely, like you mentioned, laid an egg in the fourth quarter where they outscored 35 to 16. And, you know, there weren't many, and this goes to the coaching, right? We, we talked about that where there weren't many adjustments made that he was just kind of letting it ride. Uh, no pun intended, but could have burned a couple timeouts there while Golden yeah, State was, you know, going making their the comeback. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what the kind of future holds kind of, you know, trending back to the Spurs overall as organization on. We've heard rumblings on Twitter about teams calling for DeJounte Murray. And, you know, I don't think the Spurs should make that trade or trade him at all. What is he guy, worth? <laughs> that's the question be, right now, right? It's got to be two firsts right now, minimum. At, at minimum, yeah. He's a star. Um, but is this a guy that you want to kind of build your organization around? And I think that he's kind of proven that, this is a guy that you want to kind of build your organization around right now. I mean, like we mentioned that they do have a lot of young talent on this team, but is it enough for them to 
build around a guy like DeJounte Murray? Like, do you believe Keldon Johnson, who's 22 years old, and Devin Vassell, 21 years old, Lonnie Walker, 23 years old, are guys that can you can build around DeJounte Murray to build at least a contender or a playoff team? I think the one thing that throws me off with that franchise is the fact that the team is clearly rebuilding. Mm-hmm. It's been that way for several years, yet you have an aging coach that's approaching retirement. Yeah. I just don't I just don't understand the fit. I, I get that after you lost Kwai, and let's be real, the trade aged horribly uh, for right. San Antonio. Yeah. And you haven't gotten really anything since. You haven't made the playoffs since. I'm not saying that, you know, you should let the Hall of Fame coach, one of the best coaches of all time, despite the roasting that I've done about him, walk into the sunset. Mm-hmm. But I really don't understand what the point is. If you know the team's going to be bad, the yeah. win total for this team was in the, I want to say, low 20s to mid 20s. So yeah. there was really no hope going into the season. Mm-hmm. What's the point of having Popovich there? Yeah, and I think that, yeah, I agree with 100% that you're saying that you have a young roster, get a young coach in there. Um, because you think Popovich is thrilled to spend five years because let's be real, San Antonio, even with the rebuild right now, mm-hmm. That rebuild has gotten them back to where they started because when do you think would be the next time this team, unless they traded a couple of pieces for a star, which I don't see happening, when's the next time they would win 40-something games? Probably a couple of years from now. Uh, I would probably put that number around three years. So what's the point? You expect yeah. Popovich to sit around there? I, don't, I forgot how old Popovich is. I got to assume he's in his 70s now, right? Uh, I'm sure he's up there. Let me see if I can Google it here real quick. Uh, Greg Popovich is currently 73 years old. So I'm saying you expect him to just hang around a losing franchise until he's 76 and the team might be mediocre? I, I, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that it's going to have to come to a very difficult decision, at least for that front office and – you know, get a new coach in there. I mean, he can easily transition to a, a front office role if he wants to stay within the team, but I think it's time probably to get a new or younger head coach in there and kind of guide these younger players. I'm not saying that Garrett Povich is cannot do that, but I think that we're kind of in a, in a era now in the NBA where you have younger head coaches that are, you know, taking on roles within organizations that have young players like the San Antonio Spurs do. So you know, maybe this is a year. I mean, we're seeing a lot of retirements across other sports coming across with legends leaving, and maybe this is that. Maybe this is the last season for Greg Popovich uh, with the Spurs, at least as a as the head coach of this team. But um, well, to answer your question, by the way, yeah. you were uh, sorry, you were asking about the actual supporting cast besides Dejounte, who yeah. both of us really like. Yeah, uh, Keldon Johnson, I think, is pretty good. I, mm-hmm. I don't think he's amazing. I, I think he's fine. You're just going down the line. Vassell, I'm not that high on. I yeah. think he's a pretty mediocre guard. If mm-hmm. that, I, I think he's a role player best. He would be a, I'd say, seventh, eighth man on, I don't know, maybe 60% of the rosters in the league. Like, I don't think he's a very good player, but he's not awful. Yeah. Primo, of course, was the young guy they reached on mm-hmm. in the draft a couple of years ago. I think he's mediocre. I think, you know, he can maybe turn into something. He's still very young, but yeah. I haven't seen much. I like Lonnie Walker a lot. I think Lonnie Walker is good, but I mean, what is he right now? Is the sixth man of the team? Yeah, he's usually the first one coming off of the bench for them. I'm not sure if Vassell's a starter, but I know Lonnie Walker is one of the first guys off the bench for um, the San Antonio Spurs. But if you're asking me about the young core surrounding Murray, 
I think Lonnie Walker's actually solid. Yeah. I think that he could be a really good bench player in this mm-hmm. league or even just a fringe starter. But he does have those kind of vibes off the bench where he can give you a nice 17 points if you play him 28 minutes off the bench. So I do think that yeah. he would be a very solid player on a decent amount of teams who need to bolster their bench. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the supporting cast in general, how many guys do you like? Because I question their offseason moves. I don't understand why you would bring in Zach Collins, who's never played because yeah. he's injured all the time, mm-hmm. and you pay Dougie McBuckets all that money when your team's going to stink anyway. I don't. I just don't understand the direction of the franchise where I understand the era <coughs> of winning titles has passed. Right. I get it. Mm-hmm. But what direction are you even heading in besides just going in circles in the rebuild? You're doing nothing. Yeah, I think the only three, the, probably the three or four guys that I would want to build around or keep on this roster is obviously DeJounte. And DeJounte is 25. I thought he was a lot younger than that, but he's 25. I think the the other guy that we did mention, Lonnie Walker, 23, and then Kelvin Johnson, 22. And Josh Primo right now is 19 years old. Do you like um, Primo? I haven't okay? seen I haven't no? seen enough of him to make a judgment yet because it is his first season. Yeah. Uh in the NBA, um I honestly I'll be honest, I actually didn't uh, watch him play in Alabama either, but I did it was I did feel it was a reach for them um in the NBA draft this past uh this past uh year. My takeaway but, is he's he's fine. Yeah. Know, I think it's going to take a little bit of development from him from him. Um but those are probably the only four guys. I mean, yeah, you're right about Dougie McBuckets. They paid him what well, he's making about close to 14 million this year. Derek White probably another guy that you probably want to trade away. Um uh, he's 27 years old and also they're playing they're paying Thaddeus Young about 14 million dollars this year as well. I forgot and, about Young. Yeah. I forgot Young was even on the team. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. So uh, again, you know, it, it's it's going to come to a point where I'm not sure that they have enough to trade for a guy like Ben Simmons on this roster. I like Jakob Pertl, by the way, which I I mean is really just, I can't say it's a a meme, but he just reminds me of David Lee on the Knicks. (laughs) Like you just, you look up and he's got a double double in like the third quarter. Yeah. But you know, if he was on any other team, he'd be coming off the bench. Yeah. So he's putting up minutes or he's putting up numbers in minutes that he wouldn't be getting elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I guess you could make, he's better than Mason Plumlee, but it's a similar argument where you just look over and go, well, he's technically starting on Charlotte, but if he was on an actual team that had front court depth, there's a 0% chance he'd be starting. (laughs) I feel like that's the argument with Pirtle. I like him. I think, I think he's pretty good, but I recognize he's not a good free throw shooter. He doesn't really have any offensive talent, but he's good defensively. So I think Pirtle's okay. But that, once again, if you're talking about a rebuild, that usually involves progress. Right. And you've been treading water for about three years. Mm-hmm. That's not a rebuild. That's just a carousel. Yeah, just off of uh, Jacoperto, he's averaging, I mean, career highs, 13, 13 points this season. Uh, he's, I think, 20th in rebounding, averaging nine a game and 1.7 blocks per contest as well. So, yeah. But how, uh, many, but how many minutes is he playing? He's averaging about 28.7. I, I feel like you can make the argument that a decent amount of seven foot tall guys, if they were playing 28, 30 minutes a game, could probably put up similar numbers. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're only paying about eight or nine million per year. Yeah. So, yeah, he's serviceable. Let's just say that we can say I that. still like him. I'm yeah. just saying that if you want to go by numbers, I do think that if you gave people enough minutes to at least rival Pirtle, you'd see similar stat lines. 
Yeah, and I think for the Spurs as well, I mean, they were one of the teams where they were rumored for landing Ben Simmons, but I just don't think there's a package enticing enough, not including DeJounte Murray. I mean, would you make the trade for DeJounte Murray for if you had to or for Ben Simmons and you had to include DeJounte Murray there? Of course not. But uh, the question yeah. that I have for you is if you get Ben Simmons, let's say Philadelphia for no reason at all decides to take Primo, Kelvin Johnson, two first round picks, what whatever. The point is DeJounte's not included. Yeah. What does that get you to? 37 wins? 35 wins? I guess not it gives you the playoffs anyway. It gives you a solid starting point. Like your backcourt is pretty much set with DeJounte Murray and Ben Simmons. And then you go filled like with shooters and and you know playmakers at least in the front court, like you have, I'm saying, what's your ceiling Yeah, is 40 wins your ceiling. Like I still don't even know if DeJounte and Simmons are on the same team and you have a couple of plug and play shooters. Are you a 500 team? I don't even know if you're a 500 team. Uh, I think they would sniff around 500. I mean, last season, what a 33, 39. How many That's games? What I'm saying. I, I think you'd be sniffing around, but I'm not picking them to win a playoff series with those two. No, together. no, I don't think so either. But I think, yeah, I mean, there's just going to be teams that are just, I mean, this is a time where the Spurs are just going to be mediocre or less or, or subpar for, for a couple more years after their dominance they had when they had those big three players uh, when they won their championship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that's a growing piece that the Spurs are going to have to go through probably for at least another three to four years here. I guess um, the question, I guess the question, just to wrap up the Simmons discussion there, Yeah, if you're the Spurs and you have the option to acquire a player, regardless of how good he is, Mm-hmm. You're supposed to get paid hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. and you're not guaranteed to make the playoffs. Do you think the front office would be thrilled to jump on that opportunity? Especially a guy that can't make a jump shot. No, I agree. So I think that you can make an <laughs> argument that Simmons is a player that is now underrated because yep. of how much hate he's gotten for over a year. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those people. I think yep. that he's still a good player. He's yep. not amazing, yep. but he's still an all-star caliber player. For most teams, I think you'd agree with that. But yeah. I do really question San Antonio's direction yeah. because of right now, it's not really a bold call. They just don't have a direction. They're just going in circles. Mm-hmm. If you were yeah. going to rebuild, then why would you bring in DeRozan and Aldridge? Are you pretending to be competitive? Or are you trying to rebuild? Well, DeRozan was just part of that Kawhi Leonard trade that they probably had to get rid of some salary. Yeah, they could have flipped them, but, well, he was only there for, what, like two seasons maybe? That's the point, though. You figure if you're going to tank and you have a younger core, you'd flip them in like a week, yeah, maybe even a year. Like, DeRozan was good with that Mm -hmm. team. Like, you could have traded him immediately and gotten something back from him. Instead, they just held him. Aldridge they got rid of because they had to. He was older, but still. I just don't understand why you held on to DeRozan in the middle of a half rebuild and then ended up leaving and you still have a team that is going to be probably somewhere around the 10 seed, the 11 seed, hell, even maybe the 12 seed in the Western conference. I just don't know. I feel like they just wasted three years. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's going to be definitely be interesting to see what kind of transpires for the Spurs team as, you know, we get to that not only the trade deadline, but also into the off season. Um, is there going to be a fire sale or what's going to be the future of uh, Greg Popovich for the San Antonio Spurs, um, you know, going into the off season, uh, anything else for the Spurs before we move into the player props for tonight of uh, Scott? Uh, not really. I think the only point I would make is that I know you're building a young core. Yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, from what I've seen, I know the guys are still young. I'm not expecting Keldon Johnson and 
the age 25 season mm-hmm. to turn into an all-star. Yeah. I think that you can usually get a good indication of how good a young player is just by watching him for a season or two, just to see if there's any, let's just say chance of some massive upward trajectory. Yeah. I see a couple of potentially slightly above average players, but nothing more. I think that the supporting cast around DeJounte Murray is really not great. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine. It would be a bunch of bench players on decent teams. But if you think that one of these guys are going to blossom into a potential all-star, yeah, I don't know what you're looking at. I just don't see it with this, with this supporting cast. Do you? I don't. I mean, outside of just the players that we talked about with Shante Murray and Kelvin Johnson, I just don't see the potential there for um, for this roster as well. And again, even including Kelvin, I think Kelvin's good. Yeah, I don't see him as an All Star caliber player, but I think he's fine. Yeah, I, I, I'm a I'm a Kelvin Johnson fan for sure. Um, you know, but again. It's the whole direction of where you want to go. And I think where the, the root of it is, so we've talked about is like, what are you doing with pop? Because yeah, pretty much, and that's pretty much is right now. Until you make that transition to another head coach or, or what's, whatever you want to do with pop. I think that's what's really going to come down to uh, for the San Antonio Spurs team. Uh, let's put a bow on that. Uh, Scott, let's take a quick break here, bud. We'll come back and then we'll dive into the player props for this Wednesday night schedule. So we'll be right back as we hear from our sponsors. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Louisiana. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet is now beginning pre-registration for the state of Louisiana. Place a $10 bet, and regardless of the outcome, you'll receive $250 in free bets when WinBet goes live in Louisiana. All other new customers have a chance to get $200 in free bets with the same $10 bet. Don't forget about all the props that will be available on WinBet or the Super Bowl. The best part? You can build your own bet to create a prop-focused same-game parlay for the big game. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on in the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is, now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, and win. 
All right, coming off of the break, a nine-game schedule tonight here in the NBA, and we will get into these player props here. We'll give you guys three uh, each. Uh, you guys will the format, then wrap it up with a best bet. So, uh, Scott, I'll give you the floor first here, man. What's your first player prop for tonight? So, first one, going to go to the matchup involving Oklahoma City as they are going to travel to take on Dallas. And I'm looking at Josh Giddy, and I'm looking at the rebounds. I like the over, 7.5 at around minus 120. He's recorded at least eight rebounds in five of the last six games. He's played a bunch of minutes. He's played at least 31 minutes in each of the last seven. He's even gotten more minutes lately because Gildas Alexander is, of course, out yep. until the All-Star break. And he's faced Dallas three times this season. He is averaging 8.7 rebounds per meeting. So you got the minutes. You got the actual just rebounding numbers against this opponent. Yep. And you have the recency I don't want to say bias, but the recent performances where he's been very solid on the boards, mm-hmm. seven and a half just sounds way too low for a guy who should walk into 30 plus minutes blowout or not. Because the thing about Oklahoma City, a decent amount of their players are, are I'd say, blowout proof because mm-hmm. the team is so young that they're going to play them 30 something minutes anyway. Yeah. So even if Dallas is up by 20, I still think Giddy's going to play 30 something minutes. And if he's going to have that much runtime with no Che, yeah. I got to assume he's going to put up some rebounding numbers. So I'm going to take the over. Yeah. This is going to be a start until the market adjusts. I think this is going to be a player where uh, you kind of have to take advantage of now with Josh Giddy, um, you know, going to be the guy without Shea in the lineup, at least probably still the all-star break here with the ankle injury that um, yeah. he suffered a couple nights ago. But, you know, this is uh, like you mentioned, what they're already for the fourth matchup between these two squads um, yeah. between Dallas and OKC. And he had that, that triple double during their second matchup where he had 17, 13, and 14. And, you know, like you mentioned, over the what, five out of the last six games, he's gone yep. over this for projection. So I do love this year. And, uh, um, you know, I was uh, looking at Josh Kitty props as well. So I uh, definitely do love this player prop here tonight against the Dallas Mavericks. Um, for my first player prop, I'm going to go over to that Memphis Grizzlies and New York Knicks game. And I, I got to stay vanilla and got to stay square here. And like, that's going to be John Morant, man, over 27 and a half points. And I know that they're getting, um, they got Desmond Bain back. They got Kyle Anderson back the other night. And, um, but just John Morant, he's just playing at a whole nother level. We've talked about this guy at volumes on this podcast. He's averaging 26.4 points per game. But more importantly, he's gone over. Uh, 27 and a half points in seven straight games for the Grizzlies. And it's been um, 30 or more in all seven games for the um, uh, Memphis Grizzlies. And like I mentioned, I know they didn't have Bain and under, uh, Anderson for a lot of those games, but, you know, going into MSG tonight, you know, me and Terrell have talked about this at volumes on the NBA gambling pod is that players want to get up and play. And they have that extra boost going into Madison Square Garden and putting up a performance for the fans there and, and just playing because you're in the Big Apple and the Mecca of of basketball. So, um, you know, John Morant, again, don't need to get into the numbers. We know what he's been doing all season long. So I'm going to continue to back him here when the market is putting it at 27 and a half. So give me the over on John Morant's points here tonight, over 27 and a half, uh, going up against the New York Knicks in New York. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that matchup too, but I'm actually going to look at the other point guard on the actual matchup with Kemba Walker, and his point total is 10.5. I'm taking the under because I'm not sure why he should even play more than 15 minutes a game. You just look through the actual direction that this team has been going in and the fact that Kemba has been – he was a healthy scratch for about two weeks earlier in the year, 
Yeah. But the last couple of weeks, he's done actually, he's done nothing. He scored less than nine points in each of the last five games. He's played less than 22 minutes in four of the last five games. By the way, the Knicks actually won a game last time. They beat the Kings. They scored 116 points. Yeah. Kemba scored zero. So they're off a 20-point win at home Yeah, where Kemba contributed basically nothing. <laughs> Fun mm-hmm. fact, Kemba was still a minus two in that game, and they still <laughs> won by 20. I just don't know why he should play more than 15 minutes in any given game because Thibodeau clearly doesn't like him. Thibodeau clearly thinks that they're better off using other guard options. And if you're going to give me Kemba, who should, I'd say, ceiling-wise, play 20 minutes, yeah. and you're going to give me a point total of 10.5 for a guy who's been taking about seven shots a game for the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. give me the under. I, I don't really know, unless he goes really, I don't want to say nuclear, but unless he shoots well from the floor, I feel like he's up against it here. This number just seems way too high. Yeah, and I'm just looking at his game log here. And you, the his game you hit, logs are a mess. Yeah, you hit the, the nail on the head. I mean, over his past, what, five, six games here, he's only eclipsed 20 minutes uh, twice. But yeah. when we talk about that, we also look at the shot volume. And the shot volume is not there for Kimba uh, either. And that's, uh, that translates to not playing very many minutes either. So and he hasn't gone over this number in what five straight games here, uh, yeah. and they've kind of go back even further into uh, December. The numbers aren't there. He had that big performance uh, against Washington. He had he a had random to... forty burger. That was it. Yeah, and that then the, the triple double he yeah. had against the Atlanta Hawks, where he only had ten points. So, yeah, this is a great underplay here, uh, Scott. I really like this one for Kemba Walker again. Sitting at the end of the bench, so we don't expect him to see a lot of minutes um, going forward with this Knicks team. Not sure he's going to be around much longer, uh, whether they come to a buyout or trade him uh, when the trade deadline is here. So uh, definitely love this play here for Kimball Walker to go under uh, 10.5 points against the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, for my next player prop, I'm going to go over to the last game of the night. That's going to be between the Portland Trailblazers and the L.A. Lakers. I'm taking Anthony Davis. Over, I believe I got it at 25 and a half points. And I think this number is a little conservative, right? They're not going to have uh, LeBron in the lineup, at least for a couple more games, possibly maybe through the all-star break here. He's dealing with that knee issue, but this is his fourth game back since he returned from the sprained MCL um, uh, for Anthony Davis. I know he's also dealing with a wrist injury, but uh, over his last two games against Atlanta, uh, 38 minutes, 27 points. And against Philly uh, in Philly on last Thursday, uh, 31 points and 12 rebounds. So, again, he's going to have to be the man here tonight for the L.A. Lakers who desperately need to start winning some games um, against lesser opponents. You're going up against a Portland team that I'm not sure who's going to be guarding Anthony Davis. I see Nurkic is questionable, but even if he is playing, I'm not sure he can keep up with uh, Anthony Davis here tonight. Uh, it's probably going to be the Malik Monk, Russell Westbrook, and the uh, Anthony Davis show here tonight for the LA Lakers. And I'm looking at what the Portland Trailblazers have given up to that center slash power, power forward position. And they're allowing opponents uh, to shoot about 60, if average of 60% from the field. Um, giving up about 27, 28 points per game um, to that power forward and center position. I won't be surprised if we see, you know, Anthony Davis get into that 30 point mark here tonight against the Portland Trailblazers. So I'll take AD to get over his points possession of 25 and a half here tonight against the Portland Trailblazers, Scott. 
You think Nurkic gets PTSD every time he sees Anthony Davis from that playoff <laughs> series like four or five years ago? I think so. Yeah. I, I, I'd I have to assume seen. so, but <laughs> I, I feel like that's one of the most underrated just performances in a playoff series of all time by Anthony Davis there. But I, I like to bring it up because that series gets swept under because yeah. nobody talks about it. But yeah, Nurkic, I'm not exactly confident in to be a defensive stopper in this game on AD. And yes, he's got the wrist injury. When is AD not injured? Yeah. You know, you kind of yeah. just pencil it in. But uh, the Lakers, I kind of want to ask you a quick question, though. Yeah. Because I, I brought it up uh, months ago mm-hmm. that the Lakers to miss the playoffs at the time was like plus 400. Yeah. And I believe I asked you about that when they were struggling early on. Mm-hmm. LeBron's missing time with the knee issue. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure if it's worth betting on anymore because, of course, that line is no longer 400. I mean, duh. Yes. But yeah. Is this team screwed? And I don't. I don't even mean to actually m- like make a, to win a title. Like they're clearly not going to win the championship this year. But I mean, yeah. in general, they might actually miss the playoffs. Like I was throwing it out there for the value mm-hmm. at four to one at the time, with the hope that not even the hope because that just makes me sound mean spirited. But you'd assume somebody was going to get injured, and you assume that the supporting cast would continue to struggle that Westbrook would not fit. And that was kind of the logic where everything could go wrong. That's been the case. And LeBron's knee might cause him to miss even more games. Yeah. I just don't really know what you do. They're going to blame Vogel. He's going to get fired. Yeah. That's a given. But are the Lakers screwed? I I think they're going to make it into the play in game for sure. Um, because I'm just bringing after, it up because it's yeah, worth talking about. Because right now, at least for right now, and um, let me start with this: they have the third hardest schedule remaining. Okay, in the entire NBA, so they still have two games against the Phoenix Suns. They have three games left against the Golden State Warriors. Okay. Um, and then on the East Coast, they have a game against the Sixers and the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, only in front of them, the toughest schedule is New York and Milwaukee. So. I think they get into the, at least a play in tournament. And then if you're asking me to bet on LeBron and Anthony Davis, if barring health that they're healthy to get into the playoffs, I think they still make it in, but I don't think they're going to make it in as a top six seed. They'll get in prop. They're going to have to go through that play in route because right now they're 24 and 27. Again, we talked about with uh, uh, Anthony Davis who could get, get injured again. We know about the knee issue with, uh, LeBron, that's possibly going to keep him out maybe through the all-star break. I think that's what my guess is. Um, and then you're relying on what Malik Monk, Russell Westbrook to start winning your games. I just don't see it. Um, but I think that just because the other teams um, in the Western conference are suck even more, I guess for lack of better words, uh, I think they'll at least be in that, that play in tournament bracket there. And then, you know, from there, if you're asking them to win one game and get in as a what seven, eight seed, I think they can do that, but I think there's going to be another year where they're probably bouncing the first round. I'm just mentioning it because, of course, the season's been ugly to start with. Yeah. And when people called it an old age team or a retirement team earlier in the year before it started, I think everyone was right because this team clearly just hasn't worked from the get go. But we know the, Lebr- the LeBron records for his team when he's on the court and off the court. We know, historically speaking, if LeBron's off the court, you mm-hmm. better get some ping pong balls in your favor because you're not going to win many games. Mm-hmm. If LeBron misses another two, three weeks, yeah, are we sure the Lakers are going to win more than like one game with him out? Because they've been awful 
when he's not been in the lineup. Yeah, let me quickly before we get to the last player. We love talking about the Lakers on our. On right, we have to, I know here. that you love talking about the failure of the GM, so we, yeah. we have to discuss it. But um, I do think that if LeBron is going to miss another couple weeks, this is going to get really, really ugly. And I'm not sure even when LeBron comes back in potentially a couple weeks, maybe even after the All Star break. Yeah, they might be. They might be too far in the hole. So they have seven games left before the all-star break. So they have Portland tonight and then they play the Clippers tomorrow in a back-to-back. They have New York at home. And how are the Clippers ahead of the Lakers in the standings? How did that happen? Coaching. That's so funny. That's so funny though. (laughs) You have no Paul George for half the year. You have no Kawhi Leonard and you're somehow behind the Clippers in the standings. That's hilarious to me. Yeah. So they have New York, Milwaukee, Portland. So I have Portland twice. Okay. I'm not even going to say they should win those two games, but then they have Golden State, Utah, and then they go into the All-Star break. So they have about three games coming up against the Clippers in the next about month, which includes the All-Star break, So and then two against Portland. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron is out till after the All-Star break. That gives him another three weeks off here. I mean, I'm not sure if he's going to play in the All-Star game. It is in Cleveland, but... If you keep him out till at least that that first game after the All Star break, that next game is not till February 25th. That gives him about three plus weeks off. Uh, that's what I'm looking at. I think there is a chance he might come back for one of those final games against Utah, et cetera. I yeah. think that's a possibility. Yeah, but I feel like I got to bring it up because you can look at the odds. I know this is the prop cast, so I might as well look at the odds to make the playoffs. And you're looking at the Lakers, and I mean it's it's not good. Uh, it's not currently not up on yeah, it's not up. right yeah. now, mm-hmm. but I got to assume it's going to be close to even it's going to be close on both sides. Right. I mean, I'm assuming yes, will still be favored. Yeah. Just because of course they have the star power, whatever that even means, because mm-hmm. you're not winning many games, but yeah, if you can still get plus money on the Lakers to miss the playoffs, once again, you have to actually win the playing round. So if you end up being a, a seven seed or an eight seed mm-hmm. and then you lose anyway, yeah, you still win your bet. They have to actually get into the field. I don't think this team's getting into the field. And yeah, I this, don't. This has, this has a lot of similar, I'd say, vibes to the LeBron injury year with the Lakers where he came back after he injured the groin mm-hmm. and they were falling apart. And then he said he was going to activate playoff mode early. Mm-hmm. And they lost a bunch of games in a row because the yeah. team wasn't very good. And even when LeBron went nuts for several weeks where he got himself back into the MVP discussion, mm-hmm. the Lakers weren't winning many games when he was dropping 30 points every night. So even when LeBron was playing really well, it wasn't like they were winning at a 70% clip. They were winning at like, what, a 50-something percent clip? Yeah. That's not good enough. No. And I don't see odds right now, like even for like regular season win totals for them, or even to make the playoffs right now. And, and they don't have any moves. Yeah. They, they got no, they got no players that people want. Yeah. They're handicapped right now, especially with the amount of money they have tied up with uh, Russell Westbrook and uh, nobody's going to want to trade for him either right now. So definitely it's going to be tough times here for the LA Lakers. Again, barring some type of miracle that they get healthy and just go on and this team just starts playing incredible basketball and they just go on this run. I don't see that, but again, they're going to, this is going to be a team that's going to fall into that play in tournament and possibly miss out on the playoffs this year. It's a possibility, man. We talk about the Lakers with LeBron, but 
they've just dealt with too many injuries and having Russell Westbrook kind of handicaps you as well, as far as flexibility or making trades as well. So we shall see, I'll, I'll keep a track and see if they put that number up or back up for the, for the Lakers, but I just don't see it right now. I see for a lot of other teams. I just don't see it for them. It's going to be plus money on no, just based on reputation. Yeah. Yeah. It should not be plus money for that much longer. Yeah. Uh, Scott, let's get to your last player prop, man. What do you got? Yep. For the last one, going to a matchup between the Cavaliers and the Rockets. And I'm looking at Kevin Porter Jr. And I like his over 22 and a half points and assists at around minus 105. He's gone over this number in six straight. He's played at least 30 minutes in six of the last seven games. And Darius Garland is out for Cleveland. So I know Rondo in the past has been viewed as a good defensive point guard. I don't think he's been mentally dialed in on defense since the Lakers title run. Mm-hmm. So I'm not exactly sold on his defensive capabilities at this stage in his career, but Kevin Porter jr. We know that he might not be the brightest bulb when it comes to trash talking Curry while your team's <laughs> you know losing a bunch of games in a row or getting thrown off of several teams or ditching a team at halftime, but he has talent. The team's not very good. Porter's got the ball in his hands all the time. And I do think that with the ball in his hands all the time, he should put up some numbers. We know he can score. He had the 50-point game against Milwaukee last year. We know he can pass. He had double-digit assists against Golden State last game. But points and assists at 22-and-a-half when you've gone over in six straight, and now you face off against the backup point guard on the other side, yeah. I got to take the over. Yeah, and we talked about this game at volume, especially Kevin Porter Jr. tonight, because this is the first matchup between his former team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who – pretty much just kind of ousted him and, and they gave up his locker to another player. And, you know, uh, I pulled up the article this morning that Jonathan Fagan wrote that covers the Rockets for the local paper here. And pretty much to kind of sum it up or to, to paraphrase it, that, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. said that he doesn't look at the schedule uh, on who they're facing, but he did look at it for this game. Um in so many words, that's what he was trying to say going up against his former team here uh, against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So this was one of the plays that me and uh, Terrell also agreed on. And also I agree with you here with Kevin Porter Jr. tonight that he should have a big night um, against his former team. He's probably going to want to give it to them. Um, you know, we talk about the pettiness and, and the revenge angles of a lot of NBA players or even players all across all sports. So this was my other play as well was Kevin Porter Jr. over 15 and a half points at even money. I did do the escalator on this to all the way up to 30 points, which is around 11 to one um, for Kevin Porter Jr. here tonight. So I'm in agreement with you. I think that he should have a big game going up against his former team um, tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers here in Houston. I'm not picking them to win the game, but I'm picking them to put up good numbers. Yeah, I, I, if you wanted to get wild, I think uh, Terrell threw out uh, triple-double for KPJ and the Rockets to win at 220 to one. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can't. Argue, I can't argue with two twenty to one, but that's just. Oh boy! I, yeah. let's something just say to think about. Put, something to think about, but put significantly less than one unit on. I think yeah, that's yeah. the counterpoint. But just to talk about that game, it's quickly. Yeah, I know. Since you, of course, root for the Rockets, unfortunately for you, yes, they haven't won a home game since December eighth. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? This is no. a safe space. I'll give you, I'll, I'll let you talk about it if you want to. No, I mean, like with the Rockets, like coming into the season, like we knew with all the, you know, with the, obviously with the Harden trade that happened and, and, uh, you know, having young players coming in, like we know that we're going to suck for the next three to five years at minimum. 
right? You have and, a young coach. So yeah. You're not and, and also a young coach with Silas, with, you know, the fan base is a fan of, you know, I mean, he, we've talked about this, that he was put in a, a very difficult situation when he was hired with the whole, the whole Russell Westbrook and the James Harden thing. Um, you know, he thought that he was going to come into coach James Harden and Russell Westbrook, but it's turned into a team that's going to be in the lottery for at least the next couple of years here. And, you know, at least we know what the clear direction is of the team that we're going to suck for the next couple of years, but it's a young team that we get to watch, right? With Kevin Porter Jr., you know, slowly watching Jalen Green develop, Christian Wood. I mean, there's some players on this team. It's, it's, it's We know we're going to suck, but it's just still fun watching this this young team um, go out and play every single night. No defense is played by this uh, this team. There's going to be times where they surprise you, where they win, you know, a random game or beat a quality opponent. Um, but other than that, I mean, it, it's just fun to watch these young guys just come out and play and then see who's going to be part of this team in the foreseeable future. I'm not sure that Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be that guy that's going to be, you know, the starting point guard that's going to lead you to being a contender again. And again, I think the more important thing for the Rockets is that, you know, watching Jalen Green continue to develop and just get play as many minutes as he can and 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 develop with, you know, with Sangoon, who's been a pleasant surprise for the, for the Rockets. He's been working with Akeem Olajuwon. Um, uh, after practices and working on his post moves. And that that's something exciting to see. So, you know, we we know, like we know we're going to suck, but it's just fun watching this team. And, you know, winning is not really a priority right now. It's just about, you know, quote unquote tanking and, and getting a high draft pick and, and starting to build a young, you know, core roster again. I do appreciate the Rockets though, because opponent team total overs have been so good this season. <laughs> They've been so go. good. Maybe something to look at tonight yeah. uh, as well. But uh, yeah, we're all in on uh, KPJ tonight against his former team. Um, let's do. I think we no. Let's take one last final break here. Uh, Scott will come back. We'll identify best bets, and then uh, we will get some final thoughts. So we'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors. We're brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 of the 20 available players to build your lineup for the Bengals versus the Rams game. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game that is $25 to enter and first place takes home $20,000. Use promo code SGP when you sign up today and you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Deposit $100 or more to receive the match plus two free 100,000 contest entries. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. ThriveFantasy.com, promo code SGP. Roster brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The only thing more exciting than watching the NFL playoffs is PropSwapping the NFL playoffs. January was PropSwap's biggest month ever, as bettors from across the country crashed, cashed in on their Super Bowl futures, like Jamie from New York, who sold a $100, 25-1 Bengals Super Bowl ticket for $1,000. The buyer got great odds and Jamie made 10 times his money. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most amount of money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has some fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity fee to stay in the know with all your big sales and red hot ticket sales. 
a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. Make sure to use promo code SGP. Roster brought to you by Better Fantasy. The fantasy, the fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming in on Better Fantasy app. Download their free-to-play app today to bet on player props for the NFL games. You can also enter their player prop pools and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way. It's totally free to play. You'll earn better credits by completing challenges and use them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 states. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com forward slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com forward slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our free picks and podcasts. And don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, let's identify our best bets for this NBA Wednesday night schedule. Uh, Scott, I'll give you the floor first, man. Best bet for tonight. What do you got? So even though Kevin Porter Jr. I think will have a pretty good game tonight, I'm going with Kemba under 10 and a half points at minus 118 just because of the fact that there's really no incentive for the Knicks to actually play him. I know that he's a veteran presence, and anytime that you bench a guy who your front office paid during the offseason, mm-hmm. you, you kind of just admit you, you know, kind of screwed that one up, but yeah. they did. It is what it is. You got to just accept the fact that Kemba has been a disaster since he got there. But based on recent form, he scored less than nine points in each of the last five. He's played less than 22 minutes in four of the last five. And the Knicks actually won a game by 20 points and Kemba scored no points. So (laughs) he's clearly not in, I'd say, the plans for the immediate future for the Knicks. And now you have to face off against Ja. We know that defensively, Kemba's a mess, especially Mm -hmm. with the injured knees that he's had. If you put Kemba on Ja, you're just handing out 30-plus points because he can't guard him. So I feel like the Knicks are going to definitely pivot. I expect Kemba to play a little bit because he di- he does start technically for maybe eight minutes in the first quarter, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, But I do think that if Kemba has even a mediocre game shooting, he's going to attempt maybe seven, eight shots. And if he makes half of those, you're still under. I think he needs to shoot the ball really well for it to go over. But there are a lot of ways for this to go under. So I'm taking Kemba under 10 and a half points. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I mean, they're only paying him about $8 million a year to just be on the roster. I agree with everything that you said, that the stats really back this up. And again, I don't see him playing a lot of minutes here tonight. I mean, do you really think that he's going to be able to stay in front of John Moran? I don't think so. So this might be a night where he gets to start, plays, like you mentioned, eight to eight to 12 minutes, maybe starts the second half, but that's pretty much going to be it for him. So I do love this play for Kemba Walker here tonight uh, to go under his uh, total uh, points. Uh, so if you're not going to take KPJ, I think that I'll take KPJ here tonight um, as the uh, best bet for me. I'm going to go over 15 and a half points uh, at even money. Again, going up against his former team, we, we've talked about it at volumes uh, today on the PropCast as well as on the NBA Gambling Podcast 
um, the revenge angle against his former team. Um, and the stats do back it up with what he's been able to do over the past couple of games as well over the last five games, uh, scoring the basketball. And also, has, as Scott mentioned, also dishing the basketball as well. So I think that's something else to tack on. Um, for Kevin Porter Jr. here tonight. So give me, um, I'll take the points here over uh, 15 and a half for Kevin Porter Jr. at even money. Um, that'll bring us to the end of the prop cast. Uh, Scott, any final thoughts for tonight um, in the association and also let the people know where they can find you, man. Uh, you can find me at Reichel Radio on Twitter, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio. As for what else is going on with me, I feel like everyone's just stalling until the Super Bowl. That kind of is the vibes that everyone's, you know, going through right now where you have the week off, you have the Pro Bowl, which I'm sure people forgot existed. But (laughs) NBA, you still have the All-Star break coming up in, when is that, two weeks? Uh, We're about two weeks away, yes, sir. So I know they announced the dunk contest lineup. I'm not exactly thrilled by it. No offense to Obi Toppin, but... I mean, can we get Anthony Edwards in there, please? Can can we get somebody in there that I, you know, I'm excited to see? Yeah, we got Jalen. We got Jalen Green in there. Are you, uh, we got a Rockets guy in there. I'm excited. Yeah, we got Jalen Green, who I liked going into the actual draft class. I'll be honest, he has not looked that sharp this season, but he's young. Yeah, yeah. he's growing, but yeah. I haven't noticed any poster dunks he's had this year. Have you? Nope. He just has those kind of the. I mean, he's able to use his quickness get to the basket and throw down a hammer dunk, but I haven't seen anything glamorous. So I think, uh, I think this might be the year where Obi Toppin wins it. I think that's the one thing that's been upsetting for me because growing up, I was such a huge fan of the dunk contest. Yeah. They might have to do away with it because if you're not going to get really anybody that people are excited to see once again, no offense to Rockets fans who want to see Jalen Green, (laughs) but like, this is really the best you can do for a dunk contest what's what's the point yeah i would have been excited to see like john morant in the in the dunk contest morant i I mentioned anthony edwards yeah you got got a lot of high flyers in the league yeah and if the favorite to win the contest is obi toppin it clearly doesn't have as much luster as it once had i i I think the luster kind of went away after vince carter and Zach Levine. I'll throw Zach Levine into that conversation. Well, as well. Even Levine was kind of an anomaly because leading up to that dunk contest, there really weren't many good ones. But yeah. And I'm trying to think of the elite dunk contest guys. Of course, Vince Carter, one of the best contests of all time. Yeah. Then you had the Jason Richardson era, which yes. I loved. Richardson was one of my favorite dunkers of all time. Then you had the Dwight era for a little bit where that mm-hmm. was fun. You had Nate Robinson Robins. win it a yeah. couple of times. Truth is, I always thought he was overrated because he took 45 attempts per dunk, <laughs> which was really the most annoying thing when they didn't have a shot clock back then. Yeah. Where Nate Robinson would fail 40 times and finally get a dunk and he would win. But then you had the Levine era. You had some good stuff there. But Aaron these Gordon. last couple of years, I was going to say you had Levine and Gordon. But besides that, yeah, the last what, like seven years have been just a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... We knew Derek Jones Jr. who was pretty good, but I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of it, isn't it? Yeah, you're not excited to watch Cole Anthony in the dunk contest this year. I'm I, at no point thought that Cole Anthony, who attempts 12 three pointers per game, should be in a should be in a dunk <laughs> contest instead of a three point contest. That part yeah. never added up to me. But I mean, Anthony Anthony Simons won, so I, I guess you can surprise some people. But at no point do I look at the actual lineup in All Star Weekend and say I'm really excited for the dunk contest. And I feel like that's a sad reality that I'm in now. Yeah. I'm sure other people would agree with me. Yeah. Can we at least get one 
even fringe all-star guy in the contest just one time? I agree with you. Yeah, it's kind of been uh, the luster has kind of gone from the uh, dunk contest. So hopefully we'll, we'll have to send in a memo to the league that, hey, the uh, get Andrew Wiggins in there, get, get somebody yeah. in there, you know, like Anthony Edwards, John Morant. Um, yeah, get those guys in the dunk contest. That's what we want to see. But I think they're probably afraid of risking injury. Uh, for those type of guys, I think the three point contest has become more exciting <laughs> than is. the dunk contest because you at least get the best of the best uh, mm-hmm. uh, shooting in that three point contest. Um, yeah, we'll continue these conversations as we get to closer and closer to the all star game. Uh, we're about what two, two, about two, two and a half weeks out, but um, yeah, definitely exciting times. We're also approaching the trade deadline, so we'll dig into that stuff in the next couple of weeks as well. With that being said, Scott, thank you so much for joining me as usual on these Wednesdays. Uh, propcast Scott and Terrell will be back tomorrow on the NBA gambling podcast um, to dissect the Thursday night schedule and also get into some other topics as well. Uh, with that being said, guys, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll be back for the propcast NBA on Friday. And we're still working out schedule for the Super Bowl props. Definitely a show that we're looking forward to. So definitely look out for that um, in the next uh, this weekend and possibly also next week. So uh, definitely excited for the Super Bowl as well. Uh, fortunately, I know we talk about my futures. They have now gone down the drain, Scott, with my 49ers. Did you hedge? I did hedge. I had to hedge. Um, when they were up 17 to 7, I, I, I was like, this is a time to me for me to take okay. the Rams. Well, so um I'll have to go back and look. It's kind of slipping my mind because it was just a long weekend for me. But who's or threes? Yeah, it was. I definitely it was at least three. I know for sure. One was a, I think it was a plus one plus three fifty on one for sure. Okay. Um, but came out up a little bit. But obviously, if the Niners would have won, it'd have been a lot more fun. But that's just the industry that we're in. Um, good luck with your bets tonight, guys. Like I said, we'll be back throughout the week. Have a great night. Good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. <laughs> 